Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast brought to you remotely, but ever so technicolour. Well, we can see each other, you can't see us, but actually we can still see, well, we can't see you because you're obviously in headphones and we, actually with all that earwax, I don't think I would want to see you, but that's all right. Anyway, um, I'm joined this week by three QPR fans There's um, and they're all making a return. There's no debuts this week because... That hasn't gone too well in the pitch recently, so we'll keep it on the podcast without doing debuts as well. So, right, I'm going to introduce you as you appear on my screen. We've got Nell Rogers back, who is... What is it you do for a living now? I'm a finance analyst, Paul. <laughs> All right, OK. We might be talking about a certain West London club in a minute. Um, well, aside <laughs> from West London club, there only is one actual West London club that we all know about. Phil O'Sullivan, who always comes on, and I thought, you know what, Phil... We reached out to each other because we thought, you know what, well, we need someone like you to come on the podcast who's obviously optimistic, who's obviously full of the joys of spring, who can uplift us in this 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 bit of a bit of a bad time, I suppose you could call it. And who better than yourself? Welcome. Oh, thank, thank you, Finney. Lovely to be back on. I, I am always optimistic. I go into games optimistic. I have to say I'm slightly concerned at the moment, but we'll get to that in a minute, won't we? Anyway, um, lovely, lovely to be on. And you've also got a new career, haven't you? Well, I've got a portfolio career. I'm doing mm-hmm. freelance marketing, but I'm also selling wonderful garden rooms. You can find us at downlandgardenrooms.com. There you go. Excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the free plug. That's very good of you. It's all right. I've got down to Storm in Northern Ireland. Everyone needs a garden room back home. <laughs> and after a long absence of quite a few years and quite a few haircuts, we have Cindy Grohl back. Thank you. What? What's that about hair? Nothing. It's just a bit lockdown when you look like the Herbert bunch gone wrong. Oh, Jesus. Do you remember lockdown? Look, here's my mouse mat. You can't... Obviously, people can't... <laughs> you see my mouse mat. Yeah. OK. The <laughs> thing about this podcast, which I, I have know. to explain to people after every week, is it's audio, OK? We only, do, we only do oh. talking ranges ones when your man's on who puts it on his YouTube channel and we all look really silly because we're far too old to be on YouTube, and it looks quite... It's like, you know when you see middle-aged people on TikTok, and you're like, oh, Jesus, what the hell are they thinking? Why? Why? It's a bit like that, but, you know, we'll take it. Charlie's a lovely fella, but, yeah, I've got a face made for a toilet, not for flipping TV, that's for sure. Anyway, we're also going to be joined at some point by a QPR legend, Clint Hill, who likes to come on now and again and have a wee yarn with us and keep us updated on what he's doing. Okay. Who wants to start and analyse Saturday? Who's calm, relaxed, and won't go off on a tangent? I don't Phil. mind starting with Saturday. Oh, go on, Neil. Now you go on then. <laughs> I don't mind starting with Saturday. I had the pleasure of sitting behind um, Chris Charles, actually. Oh, um, you in, <laughs> in the lower loft, um, which was good fun. It's lovely to meet him. Um, I, uh, it's... I say I'm willing to start. I don't know where to start. I think the first half, such kind of joy and optimism going into halftime. We'd scored. We were playing well. Everything was looking great. And then, I don't know, I got a knock on the head and I've forgotten what happened after that. I assume we won. (laughs) All right. And that leads us into Phil. 
I, it was just so depressing because life is about opportunities and taking the, the chances when they come along. And the thing that is, is weighing down on me at the moment is that I think we're so close to blowing this. If the season had run from the 1st of January to the 1st of January, we'd have probably been automatic promotion, if not gone into the playoffs and knew that we had a chance. If you go back to the end of January, we were still absolutely flying high. We went away to Blackburn. If we'd won, we'd have been second. And the collapse is horrendous because if you look at the games that are coming now, we should have, you know, we, we just had Cardiff, Barnsley, Hull, all of them we, we should and could have won with previous form. We've now made it unfeasibly difficult for ourselves. And for months and months, I've been thinking, being honest with you, I've been thinking we'll be in the playoffs. That'd be great fun. I'm not absolutely certain that we'll win through the playoff route, but at least we'll be in them. Now, my uh, heart tells me we'll be in the playoffs. My head says we won't. And there's just a few things that have started turning. And I, I don't want to pick on the guy because he's obviously a really, really quality footballer. But um, we've got one or two players that just aren't doing the business at the moment. And Hendrick in midfield, we're missing Johansson. Not Johansson as he has been through February because I think he's been a bit ill, not fit, not playing particularly well. But teams have now worked out that our back three come out with the ball and distribute and they stop that happening. Well, as soon as that happens, you've got to play it to someone in midfield who's on the half turn, can take the ball in a tight space like Ali Ferlin or Stefan Johansson, turn and pass the ball forward. Hendrik being level with the back three, taking the ball, playing it sideways, doing nothing. Ultimately, there's four different people then playing the ball long, Dunn, Dickey, Barbe or Hendrik. And until we solve that problem, I just can't see how we're going we're gonna to get out of this rut that we're in. Um. You know, Phil, I don't want to pick on you, but you were supposed to be the cheerful one. <laughs> Sorry about that. I did warn you. I came with a health warning. And the optimistic one. We've just been joined by Clint Hill, I can see. Clint, are you there? He's still connected. Oh, he's still connecting. So, oh, is he there? Is he there? Uh, hello, hello, hello. Hey, hello. Clint, you all right, big man? Yeah. Put yourself, uh, he's, uh, he's, he, just for the viewers, listeners, people, he's put himself on mute, but he'll be back in a second. So, so we will. So we just talk. It's all right, mate. We just, we just, we're just analysing Saturday. So Phil, who's supposed to be the cheerful one, is depressed, us, which is good because at least. Sorry about that. You're all right, Phil. Uh, Cindy, how did you see Saturday? Apart from from the seats, there we were. We had towel gates. I think oh, I'd, yes. lost, I'd lost the will to live by. <laughs> The second half, and I was thinking towels and how happy everybody was in the first half. And, and do you know, I was listening to uh, Warburton's interview afterwards, and he was going on about the fact that he thought that the, that the crowd were all a bit too complacent going on about the doing ole and ole. And I'm thinking, I don't remember that. And of course, now I realize that he was talking about the fact that we were excited about the towel being thrown around. In, <laughs> in, in, in oh, then can you just explain to Clint what happened with the towel? Because he wasn't Hi, looking in the Hi, Clint. Hello. <laughs> if you could just explain, because as a football coach, you'd love to hear this, I'm sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it was, they, had, they had towels for, for throwing, so we were drying off the ball for throwing, and 
of course, why, why would you do that in front of our crowd? And of course, everyone was nicking it. They were hiding it. And people were getting really, like their, their um, training staff were getting really stroppy. And, and then at one point it came and it, yeah, it was just basically being thrown around like a beach ball. It was, it was. It was <laughs> the, coach, the coach actually came on the pitch to retrieve it, didn't he? He did, yeah. And then someone actually, did it. Clint, how are they? Albert. They're not allowed to do that. The guy came out of a Cardiff dugout, came all the way around, the whole way around the pitch to in front of the R block to put another towel down yeah. and then went all the way back. I didn't think they were allowed out of the technical area. So which did point you? someone in the front row of the R block, which is fantastic, immediately just picked it up and threw it behind them. Yeah. I, love was, yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't even get to the corner flag running back round. It was brilliant. And then Albert then stuffed it up his up his training top, didn't he, as he was warming up. <laughs> totally disappeared again. Oh, yeah. Gosh, isn't that awful? Like, that's the highlight of my Saturday. Was oh, God. It was, it, it, it was a good, but are you, are you actually allowed out the technical area, Clint, or is it just a rule that people don't know about? Um, well, I, I can't say anything. I, I do love creeping out every now and then. I still think I'm playing sometimes, so um, it's very hard to do. It's so hard to do, isn't it? I mean, when the passion's going and and even like when you, when you think there's a few decisions going your against you, you can't help but creep over that line, can you? <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you walk around to uh, the old block? Is I, yeah. I don't think I'd go to that extent. That, that's that's a bit. That's a bit mad, that isn't it? Did, did they use it for both teams? No, 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 just them. Oh, no, no, no. This was just their long throws. Yeah. So I, I would have thought that the club wouldn't have allowed that. Well, the fans didn't. So well, that's it, good. Was, yeah. it was, was self policing. Yeah. They also, they the guy, I, don't know, I don't know if you noticed, but the guy who did it did that stupid thing that Cardiff fans do that they, on their head. You know, when he slapped his head yeah. going past the QPR yeah. fans, I thought, do you know what? That's a bit poor. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, you just. You're running after a toll, man. Have some self-respect for yourself. I think you but, must um, have got to them. You must have got to them. To be honest, Clint, we, we, we didn't really get to them a lot during the game, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, especially the second half, it was kind of like, yeah, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where we went wrong. Maybe if I had to give them a toll and, 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 and play, maybe we made them angry about the toll. I don't know. But um, have, have you seen... Sorry, Cindy, have you finished? Sorry, carry on. No, no, yeah. I mean, that was, as I said, my highlight of... <laughs> Day. But how did you how did you perceive the game? Did you did you see us at any point throwing that away? Not not in the first half. I, I did feel I felt mm. relatively relaxed, and but then there was that point, and I thought, yeah, you know what's going to happen. You kind of it's so it's so us, isn't it? Right, you know we're going to throw it away. You know that there's a chance, and we should have just got it. And then, and then of course, and then we implode, and that's that's why we love our team, right? There's, there's been a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you in here, Clint. I don't know if you've seen me just play a lot recently or not. Um, yeah. But they're doing a lot of this playing out from the back, which seems to be very popular amongst football clubs these days. I mean, we went one nil up, and then we decided to keep hold of the ball. I mean, psychologically, is that why are we do? Why do teams do that for an all timer like me who just thinks lump it up and chase it? Um, to be fair though, if, if you started lumping it up and you weren't regaining possession or you weren't holding the ball up, we'd be going. Why don't you just play short? We're never, mm. we're never quite happy, are we? <laughs> There's always something, unfortunately. But um, I think, listen, we, we like to play out from the back as well. And I think it's more of a higher percentage in terms of you keeping the ball and having control of the game rather than just lumping up there to, to God knows who and, and having 50-50 balls like back in my day. 
I think the game's moved on a little bit more than that now. So, um, yeah, but the trouble is, but see, from, from what I can see, and forgive me, Clint, because I'm, I'm old. I've got no hair left. Honestly, it's, it's, it's QPR's not helping. But we, we seem to be tapping it around, and then we give them the ball, and they run down the other end and score. That's the downside of it. Yeah, well, the issue, the issue, the issue on Saturday in the second half, without getting technical, because I'm with a foot, professional football coach here. We had 72 percent possession, but we right. could never, we could never find a forward pass. Right. So it, it went across the back three, back to the goalkeeper, back to the back three, back to a wing back, back to the back three. We never found a ball into the midfield, and then the ball from the midfield to someone who can do something up front. So you can have 72 percent possession. Yeah. And ultimately what happens is you then make a cock up, give them the ball. If the keeper's not on absolutely on his metal, which he's not, and you find yourself two one down. Well, you can have all the possession in the world. It's nothing to do with the possession. It's the fact whether you can't pass it forward. Yeah, you, you need, I mean, it's all, it's all good and well having possession, but it needs to be with a bit of a purpose. You know, you need to get down into that final third and either you're putting crosses in for your strikers to attack or you're getting shots off, you're forcing corners or... There's got to be some sort of purpose to your possession. I do agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of QPR recently, I'm afraid. I've, I've been too busy doing my job here. But um, Doing it just, well by the looks of it. Uh, yeah, we're doing okay, thank God. Yeah, touch wood. Um, I mean, are, are the lads nervous in terms of the position they're in? Are they, are they feeling a little bit of pressure? Are, are the fans feeling that pressure a little bit? I, I don't quite... These little things might be small... I think- I think, I think we've got we've ended up in a situation where we've got a, a few key players who've just got a dip in form, right. one or two one or two injuries, and I also think that other teams, Clint, have suddenly worked us out, yeah. and it only takes to watch QPR lose once or twice or three times. Other teams have worked out what to do, and we don't seem to be able to get round it at the moment. I think, I think we're, re- we're, we're really, really missing Stefan Johansson playing like Stefan Johansson because he makes such a difference. When he came in in January, he changed the, the season and the team. I know Charlie Austin came in and changed the whole morale of it. And, but when you look at how many goals he scored, he didn't score that many. But Johansson changed everything. And unfortunately, he's been ill, off form, just not playing quite to the same standard. And that means we haven't got an outlet in midfield, unfortunately. Which it's it's hard for for one player to to carry a team for the whole season, you know. It's it's like we say, it's a team sport, and you think with the squad that they've got and the characters they've got there, they, they need to pull together, and someone else needs to step up and take that mantle on. Because if, if one player isn't quite doing it, then you need to rally around each other and and somehow dig results out. Because we we all know how hard this championship is. It's it's one of the toughest leagues in, in world football. Um, the trouble is, okay. For the first time since the squad of 2010 that you were part of, we have got the comradeship. We do seem to have everyone battling for each other. I mean, I don't know how much you know about Donny at the back, but he's a hell of a signing and a free yeah. transfer to boot. And we have got that. It just seems that everyone... We weren't expecting to be here, let's be honest, right? We, we thought we'd be arsed around 12th to 9th and that would be a good season. But we kind of got like that bit of hope. You know what it's like in football. You get a bit of hope. <laughs> you you you, you want to grab it. You want to grab both hands. And then we've just, it's just kind of like we've fallen on our arse a wee bit. And it's it's hard because I don't blame the players. I don't blame the manager a certain way because we we almost like did everything right for seven months and then it's just gone per ship at the completely the wrong time when everyone, you know, it's like everyone starts winning. Well, what we wouldn't do for an Ali Forlan and a Clint Hill and a Sean Derry right now, I tell you. 
it's 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 um it's a relentless league. It's yeah. a relentless league. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for God knows how many weeks. Um, and it's all about peaking at the right moment, isn't it? I suppose. I mean, I remember the team we were in kind of tailed off towards that kind of final or 15. I think we struggled for five or six games in terms of getting too many draws and not getting quite results, sneaked in the playoffs. Um, and then kind of found our momentum again. So you, you do hope that maybe a two or three game blip and then the lads just kick on from there. Because um, <clears throat> listen, I always think pressure is a privilege, you know what I mean? So if you feel in pressure, mm. then that, that's a privilege in life because that means you, you, you're trying to do something right. You're trying to go reach for the top and, and be at the right end of the table trying to lift trophies. So the lads have got to realise that if you do feel a little bit of pressure, go and embrace it, man. I'll take it on because you're doing something right because you're near the top of the the top end of the table. So go take it on and see what you You talk about that pressure, though, that kind of uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday kind of thing. We've got, I mean, we've used 24 players this year, this season. And that includes kind of, you know, Seni, who was at Africa uh, Cup of Nations, um, Ilias, who was out for a long time as well with Cup of Nations. So, I mean, you know, is, is, is that kind of, you know, it's that relentlessness of it and that pressure that's always on your shoulders. There's no kind of respite. And I guess with a small squad like that as well, you're not getting a week off. You're not getting kind of any time to breathe. No, no, it's, it's I mean, from my experience, it is, it's one of the toughest leagues in the world and just in terms of everyone can beat everyone. And if you come off slightly, even just 1%, a couple of your players come off 1% uh, over a couple of weeks, then it, it, it does show. It does show. It really does because teams want to beat you, especially if you're QPR. <clears throat> They've seen where you've been the last three or four years, five years maybe in, in terms of the Premier League. Um, and you're a target. You're a target. So you've got to kind of raise your game another 5% to match that. Um, and it is hard, but that's where you I suppose your so-called experienced players will, will help. The likes of Charlie, like, like you said, he might not be bagging the goals in, but behind the scenes, he'll be vital. He'll be vital. I do agree. Yeah. It's just a bit of shame they've all hit form at the wrong uh, form. But you, did you work with Mark at Rangers, uh, Clint, or did you bypass each other? Were you at Rangers? Oh, I was Mark? there. Yeah, Mark, Mark signed me. Um, uh, I think he signed me to be fourth choice centre-half, but Unfortunately for him, I made, I made it to be the first one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Bless which, bring, which brings me on to my next question. How good is the Scottish League? But we'll, we'll, we'll bypass that one. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's got I mean, he's going to yeah. be used to pressure. I mean, a club like the other Rangers, I mean, that's there's goldfish balls and there's flipping goldfish balls. Yeah. So, I mean, he must have been properly under pressure. So he, he as a manager, would be used to it, but, you know, and more. Yeah, and I think his background as well leads to that as well. I mean, I think I don't think he's a stranger to pressure. No, I don't think quite a lot of the players are strangers to pressure either. But it's kind of um, I don't know. It's tricky. I mean, as a as a defender, Clint, obviously you worked with him on that side, and you know we have a really stable defence. We have a stable back three who have yeah. you know two two of the three have played practically every game apart from the two Dicky was suspended for. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's, that, that's got to bring some solidity, does it? That, you know, knowing exactly where your other partners are going to be, your other players are going to be. And... Yeah, of course. I mean, um, he's gone to a back three, which obviously 
when I was at Rangers with him, it was it was a back four. Um, so he uh, as he has he done that recently, or has that has that been this season? No, Ooh. that was that was last year. And last that year, was a, that was that was a turning point. That's brilliant. Right. Back three wing backs, but yeah, I mean it does. It has meant occasions that we find ourselves overrunning midfields, but um, not recently. I mean, it, that's what was really interesting on Saturday was the first time in all the recorded post-match interviews that you saw, every single one, he was fuming. He was properly angry. And he's defended the players to the hilt constantly. He's done the most brilliant job, Warburton. Mm. He's just fantastic. But on Saturday, he was basically having a go at them for dropping their intensity. And said they, his line was they played like it was a testimonial. That's good, because I mean, I've obviously worked with Mark um, for that year and he was very, he was very level if you know what I mean, in terms of his his emotions. You'd never see him really high, you'd never see him really low. Um, so I'm guessing if he's come out and, and kind of showed that other side to him, then then he's, he is angry. And um, I'm sure he's let the players know and I'm sure he's looking for a reaction over the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I do hate losing the Cardiff, though. Oh. They don't like us. I mean, you know, and we've got Luton next as well. So it's, it's kind of like we're going to all these places that we just, they, they, you know they want to scalp us big time. Fulham are on the way with it, which we don't like. So it's all happening. Middlesbrough are coming into form where they were until Sheffield had binned them up the other day. So everyone's hitting form at the wrong time as well. Apart from us and Bournemouth, everyone else is kind of like Huddersfield. I mean, Jesus, no one's seen that coming. Do you know what I mean? So there's all these things. I kind of think we might have slightly overachieved. I mean, what do you think, Sam? Do you think we've, We've been overachieving. Are you still relatively? I know this is a stupid question. Are you still relatively happy and just think anything else is a bonus? I must admit, yeah, because I don't think. I mean, I'm. I think at the start of the season, I was being like Phil. I was quite optimistic, but I, I, yeah, I think this has all been a real bonus. And I guess the thing, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the thing that's worrying me, just what we were just talking about in terms of Clint, you were saying about people stepping up because. Um, Johansson has had a mysterious illness and Charlie's had a, an illness Dykes has vanished I mean Dykes is young and um, so I'm not saying he would be the sort of the the sort of the leader but they just the, the thing that just troubles me a little bit is just is, is something odd happening with the dynamic that we just don't know about um, mm. and then it's just a little bit under the current I just don't know there's just something that I kind of just have a slightly weird vibe about it well that's that's where you probably do need your staff members to step up as well. Then, if, if they if they smell a, a lack of intensity or uh, a slight adjustment of your focus during the week, then if the lads ain't going to get after each other, then that, that, unfortunately that's got to come down to us as coaches. You, you've got to find an angle to to kind of get them going. Um, and maybe that little interview that Mark did after the game, he's thought right. Well, if you're not going to do it, then. I need to step up and start giving you a little bit, which which is fair enough because, like I said, players do need a kick up the arse every now and then. <laughs> they certainly do. So, in modern football, is is it still teacups or is it more a psychological thing? Is it you've got to be more understanding? You don't want to be appeared to be the bully, or is it is it a, is it a rule that has to be tread really carefully? Um, I think if you do it every week, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get anything from the players. They'll switch off uh, after five seconds. Um, but if they, if they see you angry and they don't see it every week, it's maybe 
once every two months or whenever it does happen, then they will take notice. So for me, I haven't seen the interview, but for you to say that he has raised his voice and looks slightly angry, I think he's felt it's the time for me to step in and hopefully give them a kick up the backside that they need. And we'll, we'll certainly find out over the next few weeks if it's worked. And the, and Clint, here's a question for you. Can the smallest thing, can it affect the kind of equilibrium and team spirit? Because this is, this is a QPR team. This is the first team of individuals that I've actually liked. I support QPR through thick and thin. First team of individuals I've liked since your team. And I mean that really genuinely. You're, the team you were in, I loved the people in the team. Mm. And I love the people in this team as well. But I half wonder if bringing in Hendrick, this guy in midfield, has just put a few noses out of joints. Because I noticed at the end of the Cardiff game, uh, you could actually see the QPR players arguing amongst themselves, which I thought, well, I, just, I haven't seen that for as long as I can remember. And I just wonder if the team spirit has somehow been kicked a bit. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't look too much into that because I think as fans, you want to see players angry. Uh, that, that's the other side of it for me. You don't want to walk off clapping everyone and smiling, do you? You know what I mean? If you've just really thrown away a 1-0 lead. Yeah, if you, if you play crap, then you, you want to see a bit of something, a bit of character and a bit of emotion, surely. Um, so, yeah, that, for me, if they're arguing and they're having a go at each other, brilliant. I've hoped they've had a few digs. I've hoped they've had a few go at each other in the dress rooms, maybe just to, you know what I mean, just to get a little bit of something else out of them. So it shows that they've got a bit of something about them. Now they just need to go and show it for 90 minutes, I think. Away at Luton. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, not an easy place. Not an easy place. Um, did, did Mark Hughes ever show any emotion, Clint? He did. He did when he didn't uh, pick me in his team at the testimonial. Out oh. <laughs> <laughs> of interest, I, I know you're in the game and you, he's a fellow professional. He seemed a very oddball character and someone came up to me on Saturday. It was quite weird. and I, I wasn't expecting it. They said, oh, he's gone to Bradford. And I went, yeah, no, yeah. I've seen that. And um, he goes, I think you're, the podcast you're on helped bring him down. And it was the best thing anyone's ever said to me because we're not going on the podcast who admitted we didn't practice defending very well and we didn't do set pieces. And they reckoned after two weeks after that, he was gone. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, nice yeah. to help. Did, are, are, you are, you are you still close, Clint? With, with Hughes, Mark Hughes? Yeah. Well, hopefully we play him next season. That'll be, that'll be an interesting touchline. Yeah, you're going to go up, aren't you? Yeah, hopefully. Hey, fingers crossed. We've still got a bit of the work to do, but hopefully we get there. And it'd be nice to um, to go to Bradford and see Mark. It'd be be a nice nice afternoon. I was oh, really wow. so, I was so surprised he took that Bradford job. I, you know, it came out the blue. It did. It come out the blue. That when I seen it, I went, "Wow, wow, where's that come from?" He's waiting for those opportunities, though. You know them. <laughs> he's, he's never he's never had a team relegated at Clint, apparently. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he won't. He's reinventing himself. It's what? He's reinventing himself. Um, well, I do, yeah. He might do. What, what was that thing he said? Um, uh, what was that thing he always said? He thought things. I didn't like him. I hated him as a player and I hated him as a QPR manager. And I don't expect Clint to, to comment on this because Clint's an awfully nice fella who's completely opposite to Mark Hughes, as in, I like him. So, <laughs> Clint. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but you know what? When he came, Clint, I'm going to be honest with you. It was a, 
it just felt raw. I, I can say this to the other three. It wasn't QPR, was it, people? It wasn't. It, it, it was a last thing Queen's Park Rangers needed, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Can um, I, can since, I say something there? Yeah. I, 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 I was half excited with it. Really? Yeah, because I played against him. I played against Mark Hughes and I thought he is one horrible, tough little B, if you know what I mean. I thought he's just what we need at the moment. He's uh, the stories you heard of Blackburn, who's a bit of a dis, uh, disciplinarian. He he set the orders out. He was very strict in certain things. I thought, that's just what we need right now. That's what we need. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think he, he must have stayed at Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Shame. The money, the, the trouble is that money that was spent was insane. Phil, what, what, what was your take on Mark Hughes' time at QPR? Uh, this is this is going back to this season because it, it goes back to that as well. Because mm. I thought we're, I thought we we're going to get a run at this. We we'll get the playoffs. You never know. We might we might go up. The the structure at the place is so brilliant now, and I can't bear the Twitter thing with going on at Les and Lee. I just think the way the club is run is magnificent. If Mark Hughes came through the door now, he'd never get the job. That whole story that he interviewed the board, not the other way around. Mm. Um, I just think is just. Dreadful. So I never particularly warmed to the bloke at all. You know, I was supporting QPR to the hilt because he was trying to keep us up the first season. Then he walked away. Then it got even worse with Redknapp. But I just don't think it would happen now because I, I, he wouldn't get past the interview process. Mm. But I didn't. I didn't like him either, to be honest. Didn't like Mike Rigg either. Anyway, but he's gone. I like the smile, Clint. I like it. it say nothing. But um, yeah, it's just Bradford's a strange one. Anyway. These people we've employed. Cindy and Al, have you got anything you'd like to add on Mark Hughes? Absolutely not. But um, Clint, we'll come, come to watch that game, though. That I think that will be just the most entertaining place yeah. to be as a spectator. Yeah, I'll like, look for that. Hopefully it's an international, <laughs> hopefully it's an international sure. break and Rangers aren't playing, Clint. Yeah. And we can come up and then we can go on the drink afterwards with Mark, of course, and his group of staff <laughs> and have a pint and, you know, talk about the good old days. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Rangers Chelsea uh, fixture. That's the second one I'm going to look at when. The <laughs> yeah, how's, Chelsea. Um, how's, how's the? Uh, I believe the training grounds getting up and running and, and everything like that. So that, that's good news, isn't it? It's brilliant news. I mean, that, that 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 that's a massive plus, Clint, because you you train down Hollington and it's it's not great. It's it's not what you you expect a team like Rangers to be at. So, and they're going to have all the kids together and. So when you come back to Rangers one day, you, you, can, you can see how good it is. Do you know what I mean? When you're, when you're that coach and you're back at Rangers and you're, you're helping with all the players. It just seems staff that were satellited, do you know what I mean? It's when you were there, it's like kids here, first team here, under-23s there. It just, it just seemed daft. So, yeah, fair play to Les and Lee. That's, I don't know what the, the other three think, but I think that's possibly the, the story of the season. Some investment yeah. in some infrastructure at last. How long it, has it been? Exactly. I think that, that's all the money weird. that's come through the club in the Premiership years, the money that the owners have put into the club, and now, finally, after what 10, 11 years. I know, I know. We, we were promised that new training ground when I arrived. Really? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it's gone its way now, to be honest with you. I must say, I didn't think I'd see it in my lifetime, so I'm quite impressed. <laughs> there's, not, there's not so good news in the new ground, Clint. We're still working on that. I think that'll be for our grandkids. 
That's definitely not in our life. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. I don't want a new ground. I I like our ground. I've got seats in row row A of the upper loft. That's fine. Clint, can I ask you a question? Of course. What's your your take, and it's a very loaded question, on VAR and goal line technology? (laughs) Because if we'd had it when you were playing in the Prem, that header at Bolton would have counted. Ten years ago today. Well, that, that was on, I think that was on Twitter today, wasn't it? When I yeah. seen that, that on Twitter today, wow. Is it, how long is it? 11 years. Ten, ten yeah. years ago today. Bloody hell, man. Jesus. Um, you seem to have more hurt these days, Clint. I know. At, look at this, getting greyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time, it would have been helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> we lost that game. Definitely would have been helpful, that. God. But it was, about, it was about two foot over the line. Oh, yeah, and the rest. And the, I, I still don't know how the keeper managed to get that much power on it with his forearm. It was a ridiculous save. It really was. When you but think, I think it was I'm, in, as shocked as anyone. I, I think it was so far in the net, it was practically in Manchester. <laughs> Probably right, yeah. <laughs> hey, what, did, what did you say to the, the... Did you have a conversation with the Lionel afterwards or the ref and just say, like, seriously, where's Anton Deck? Oh, God. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have been as polite as that, but, yeah, I just can't. I, I just couldn't believe it at the time. I couldn't believe it. How, how they missed it, I don't know. To this day, I think did they get did they get punished? I think they got punished, didn't they? Then, yeah, I, I think, think they, they did. did. Which, which is fair enough, but it didn't help us at the time, unfortunately. You know, I did look it. I did look it up earlier on to see if that was your only Premiership goal, but it wasn't. Well, you scored. You scored one against Villa, apparently. I know he's nicked one off me. I should have had two. Yeah, instead of got one. Bloody hell. I'll be honest, I, I remember that one. I don't remember the Villa one at all. I was off my shoulder. It was a great finish, off my shoulder, yeah. <laughs> but you you must have been a mate. I mean, that, I mean, it's quite sad because Ali Fallen's, as you know, he's hung the boots up and stuff like that there. And do you know what? I still, I reckon if he had a stead injury free, he'd have been in the Argentina squad without a mm. shadow of doubt. Yeah, he, well, he was amazing. Yeah, I think at that time, that time when he came on the, um, into the Premier League, he was he was untouchable. I think he would have gone. If he didn't get that injury, I, I don't think he would have stayed the rest of the season. He was that good. Hell of a player, hell of a person, as well, by the way, which is which is just as important. Um, what a career he's had. Fantastic human being. Uh, it was a pleasure to play on that pitch with him. It really was. And yeah, he's had one hell of a career as well. And you think of the injuries he's had as well. Poor. That, that's some resilience, that, isn't it, from, from somebody to come through those knee injuries and to carry on the way he did. But th- th- uh, that's the thing That's the thing about that squad. People like yourself, Ali, Sean, just so level-headed. There was no... I mean, obviously, you'd had Adele, who had a bit of an yeah, ego. He, 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 he'd done everything else for us. <laughs> we, had to be like, level, we had to be level-headed. Like even, even Paddy Kenny and stuff like... You know, I think we are guilty of forgetting how good that team was. And I say that with a whole, I don't know the rest of the guys think, but I look back at that team now and I, I just wish we'd appreciate, I know we did appreciate it, of course we did, but yeah, and that was Halcyon, wasn't it? And now, what do you remember about that team? Oh, just, uh, that was, it was around the time I first took my son to come to the matches. So we were coming to quite a few matches. I had a small child who was half paying attention, <laughs> but then kind of moments he'd be mesmerised and other times it would, pass away I remember a lot of draws but I remember just such a good feeling around the place just feeling so much love to the players to that team it was um 
Yeah, I think as Phil said earlier, this team now, I think, is kind of getting those feelings again. And it's kind of reminding me of that. It reminds so much of those days. Do you think, um, do you think obviously, whatever happens this season in terms of positioning or playoffs or whatever, then it, it might take it might take a, a season just to gel in and maybe next season the team will kick on and learn from the experiences it got this year and it might kick on again. It, it, it works in weird cycles, doesn't it? Obviously, as fans, you yeah, expect definitely. everything now. Everything's got to be now and everything's so close. Let, let's, let's get it now, but it might take... It might take... Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think, I think, I think all, all three or four of us would agree that going up this year wouldn't be the best thing necessarily for the club. Just take the money but, and run. But I, but I think, <laughs> I think, you know, and, and as far as the squad, are they ready for it? Would it just be a horrific season? But I think, you know, making the playoffs, getting that far, I think they're, they're meeting and exceeding our expectations for what we wanted this month, this year. Um, and I think the expectation was it would be another year. There'd be a bit of movement in the summer, maybe. You know, we've got a few weak spots that we can strengthen and we can see where they are. And, you know, kind of, I think, you know, trading our way up and moving forward like that and actually growing organically rather than trying to inject something false into the club. Yeah, yeah. That kind of others may have done. And kind of the repercussions that that might bring doing that as well. The challenge we'll have, though, is that then we will lose people in the summer and I guess some pretty key people in the summer. So I guess I, I know exactly, I, I kind of get exactly what you're saying, Tim. I, I feel the same. It'd be, let's just do it. Let's do it in a really measured way. Let's just, you know, let's not be daft about it, but some key people are not going to be hanging around. And so there will be another, we'll go again with another group <laughs> of people coming through and then we'll start again. And it's kind of that cycle, isn't it? So but you're starting from a higher point each time, though. Yeah, that's, that's true. the thing. That's the organicness of it. Yeah. Is that you're not kind of, you know, you're not always having to buy a two hundred thousand pound defender and turning them into a eight million pound defender. You can buy a five million pound one that you're turning into a fifteen million pound one, and kind of move forward like that and actually grow the team like that. Is, uh, are you talking about players who've been leaving on freeze or? No, they're going for money. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so listen, I'm yeah. sure that the, the club owed all the aces. They owed all the cards yeah. in that respect. So they, they won't let anybody go without either getting a massive injection of money in terms of a transfer fee or to say, no, 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 we want you to stay and build. So as long as they're tied up into some sort of deal, then I think the club hold all the cards, really. So that, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's, a really, good. It's, that, it's actually a really key 10 games because the... <laughs> When we were away at Blackburn two two games ago, if we'd won it, morning kickoff, we'd have gone second. We're now seventh. All the easy games that we were supposed to win, we haven't got the points hauled out of we wanted. Last season, we were ninth. And it feels like the club had a real punt and took those four loans and made them permanent. You know, got Charlie Austin, got Stefan Johansson. And, you know, they were open about the fact we're trying to be better than ninth, which is great ambition. But actually... With the 10 games ahead of us, which are not easy, just being better than ninth will be an enormous achievement from where we are right now. Um, because that whole cushion of the games in hand, the points that we had over through February has completely disappeared. But it would be so QPR, being with my optimistic hat on, Finney, it would be so QPR to have blown all the easier games and now... You know, go and beat Fulham at home, beat Sheffield United twice, go away to Luton and get a win, go to Forest and get a win. That could happen, but at and the moment, field. but at the moment, it looks like a challenge. I have to say, 
a challenge. It looks like a mountain made out of butter, but you never know. We, we might get it up. Uh, how's your up. running? Get it up. How, how's your running, Clint? Because you're, you're you're about five points clear at the top, aren't you? Um, um, we, we've, got we've, we've got a tough running. We've got a have, tough run. We've got um we've got to play all the top boys around us over the next well till the end of the season really. So we've got Notts County, Chesterfield, uh, Wrexham. We've got them all. Yeah, we've got them all, which is which is good because it means we've got something to play for. So there's, there's no easy games. So you've got to be up for every game. And we know if we, if we take care of business, then it's in our own destiny. So, which is, is, it, just, is it one up automatically or two up? It, it's one up automatically and then one through the playoffs. It is, it's tough. Brutal. It is tough, really tough. And there's some big teams down here. Some big teams, well-supported teams as well. Have they played a lot of money into Wrexham? <laughs> Premier League money. Seriously? Oh yeah, Hollywood Premier League money. Jesus, they're, they're so blowing everyone. They're blowing everybody out of the water. Well, where are they in the league? Oh, they're, they're behind us, I think. Third, second or third, I think. Oh, really? So it's yeah, it's it's, it's getting tight and it's getting uh, it's getting exciting. So it'll it'll go it'll go close. So we're looking forward to it. But you've got I, five I, five point cushion, haven't you? Five ups. You know what? That, there's so many bloody games in hand. You don't know where the league table is sometimes, do you? Mm. There's Some teams have got, I think, three. I think one team's got three games in hand. One's got one. One's got more than us. And you're like, fucking hell. Can we yeah. just all be on a level playing field and see where we're at? <laughs> Madness. But, it, hi, hi, in a serious note, how hi, hi hard is it, Clint, for a, a club like Stockport in the area they're in with City United, blah, 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 to keep youngsters, to keep going, to keep a youth product going it must be so flipping hard yeah we're we're in a bit of a different situation we haven't got an academy at the moment um, okay. so we, we need to go up once we go up then the, the, the owner will start investing in that side, of, that side of things so he's got a kind of college based thing where you get a bit of football and a bit of education and we've got some good youngsters we've got two or three that we've dipped in and out of the squad over the past uh, month or two so there's, there's promising signs there really is um, it's a great setup. The crowds are coming back. We get seven, eight thousand uh, wow. every week. We get ten. I think we'll get. I think we'll sell out on Tuesday. We play Notts County at home on Tuesday. We'll sell out. We'll get ten and a half. I reckon. Um, so it, it's the, the club's going in the right direction. We just need to get out this league, and then hopefully it's um, hopefully it's takeoff for the club because it's it's got everything it needs to be successful. And then beat Bradford. <laughs> And we'll see what happens at Bradford. Could you do, could, and then could you that, that technical area line might come back into question. That you're <laughs> <about>. <laughs> Depends what size feet you've got, Clint. <laughs> yeah. But, um, could you do me a favour, Clint? I mean, I'm asking as my 23-year-old self or something like that. When Kevin Francis comes back to get credit to the fans for the FA Cup win, can, can you punch him for me? Oh, mate, I missed him the other day. He was, he was at the ground the other day. I missed him, actually, Kev. Apparently, he's a peeler in America. He's a policeman in America or something. He was a handful, wasn't he? Oof, uh, had a few he ruined, had a battles with him. Wow. He, he, ruined my, he ruined my day that day with the, the, uh, the FA Cup. But then we never do well in the FA Cup. I don't know why I'm still going on about it all these years <laughs> later. But there's certain people you pick up on, and he's one of them. Um, well, listen, Clint, we're going to let you go. And, well, actually, you don't have to go. You can stay on for oh, those five minutes. Right, right. <laughs> well, I've got to go wash the kids now. I've got to get the bath. <laughs> Gotta get, I've got, I'm just reading the stories. I've got Virgil van Dyke. I'm reading a nice bedtime story about Virgil van Dyke to me son. So I, I'm looking forward to it more than him. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll get you down for another live show again, Clint, as well, because that last yeah, that'd live be great. Was... Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be good to see you all. 
If the, if the image of you walking to your hotel the wrong direction, it yeah. will stay with you for a long time. <laughs> and, and no and no shots, Clint, right? That wasn't no. that wasn't me. <laughs> Listen, if you go up, Clint, we'll come down and have a pint with you, big man. I, I really hope you, you do it. And um, just for the sake of football against the wealth, that'll be brilliant. Thank you, guys. Listen, good luck with the season. I hope it all goes well in playoffs, eh? Let's hope we get there. That's no worries. Nice to meet you. Cheers, See you, Bradford. Nice See you later. Like nice bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Uh, why can't they all be like Clint Hill? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what, what a legend. It really is. I was hoping um, you would switch the recording off so I could ask you about Joey Barton, but <laughs> do that while you're recording. You could hear his kids in the background. That's why I, I kind of use yeah. my professional host voice to say oh you can go if you want i was hoping you'd stay on and yeah. then we can talk about the next subject i don't like i don't like that oh we can let you go now That's no no no. i know and, and as i said i thought i'm going to get followed by cindy for this um which makes a pleasant change um i, I, I uh, how do i go on to this next subject i just don't know okay chelsea who wants to start <laughs> I've been so busy today. I have really not caught up on anything. So somebody needs to give me a quick summary of what's happened. Knock yourselves out, guys. I'm too busy laughing. One of you tell me what's happened. Oh, man. It's probably, probably my wheelhouse, I guess. <laughs> um, so this morning, when was it? it was, I was in work, so it was after half eight. Um, the government announced that they had frozen the assets of Roman Abramovich. Oh, that's a surprise. All of his assets, oh. so including the um, uh, the club down the road. So what that essentially means from a starting point is no, it is illegal to trade or deal or have anything to do with that entity, that business, I guess. Um, but I guess you being kindly folk have written a few kind of... Um, issued some what they call licenses, which basically allow them some limited trading. So they're allowed to um, spend money traveling to other games. They're allowed to spend money on stewards. They can pay salaries. They can kind of keep the everyday things going, but there's a lot of things they can't do that a normal club would, such as selling merchandise and <laughs> other fun things like that. So from a kind of, money in point of view that has suddenly stopped there's no more ticket sales home or away i think season ticket holders who if you've already bought your ticket you can go to the game so i guess they've probably sold three or four games in advance but maybe three games in advance so that you know you you won't see any difference tonight i guess they're playing aren't they but you won't see any difference in the crowd tonight but over the next few weeks i'm sure it will diminish back to the numbers they were pulling in in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I mean, where, where does it go from here? You know, how, how do they oh, pay can, those we, wages at the end of the month? You we know, where daydream. does that money come from? We could daydream. Also, is, the, the news is so depressing at the moment for the, all the heartbreaking, tragic things. But this had me dancing around the kitchen. This is absolutely magnificent. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, Chelsea spent most of their time in the second tier. They had three-wheeler cars around a cinder track 
They were useless. They'd never won anything. They have been bought by Russian blood money. They've polluted football in this country. That whole thing with the first Chelsea training ground and the John Terry and his ilk, just horrendous people. And I can't bear Chelsea. And the fact that they're close to being closed down, we should have street parties. It is absolutely magnificent. And I, I laughed out loud when I heard that they have got a £20,000 maximum on travel expenses. Because I'm, <laughs> hoping, I'm hoping they're still in see, Europe. I want to see them queued up at Bag Drop EasyJet at Gatwick South. It would just be magnificent. No, they've got, they've, got the, they've got a match next week in Leon, and the budget is £20,000 to get everyone over there and to get back. Get them on a red, red double-decker bus. Fantastic. They'll be wearing the luggage and everything, won't they? They'll be wearing everything that, you know, we can't take this, we can't take that. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, I, you know. It, it, it's, it's karma, it, Finney. It's, it's karma. karma. It's it, karma. Yeah. It's, it's, it is it's, wonderful. I always remember years ago, we were played them and I, I think it was a time when the first time we played them in a long time and the kid turned around, I told you a story before, Sunday. this kid turned around to his, his dad and says, oh, you know, where is Queen's Park Rangers? And the dad looked a little bit perplexed and was like, um, I think, um, I, um, yeah, and I was like, it's down the fucking road, you idiot. You know, it's like literally, you, you wouldn't have been here 15 years ago, you absolute glory hunting gobshade. You wouldn't have been near a football match. Go back to rugby, you know, sod off. You know, but, just, I mean, the thing is, the Chelsea supporters of my age, I mean, I hate Chelsea with a passion, but the Chelsea supporters of my age, I kind of got more time for. Yeah, they, were, they, they were supporting yeah. them when they were useless. They won nothing. It's the, it's the modern era of Chelsea fan that I absolutely hate with a passion. The ones that go into the Chelsea store in Kingston-upon-Thames or whatever, and they think that you, if you don't win three, three trophies a season, it's a bad season. You know, it is absolutely you won nothing for 30 years. No, exactly, Finney. Exactly. It is but those wonderful. Chelsea stores have been locked as well, by the way. Say that again. again? So those Chelsea stores have been locked as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just but the, the, the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing is, like, I mean, it is. Listen, there's no joking about this. It's horrible. What's that like? There, there's footballs are different. We should, you know, it's not. It's not comparison to poor people being killed and bombed and everything else. But just shows how thick someone like John Terry is to not read the room. Last week, when Abramovich. Oh. Does that even su slightly surprise you? Not oh. really, no. But oh. just, I mean, it's just saying, God, that looks as thick as a, as shit, oh, yeah. isn't he? I mean, just he, he, he was, he was, he was the worst era. He was yeah. the worst era. No, I didn't like David Speedy either. I never liked uh, David Speedy. I don't no, like any of them. I never. No. But like you said, I mean, to be honest with you, even in, in Labour Grove back in the day, and that, when you, you came across the old fan of theirs. Some of them weren't too bad, and you could actually have a conversation about football. Very limited, because um, most of the Irish boys were QPR fans, so we'd just sit amongst ourselves, and and, and the other lads would support Chelsea. That's how QPR was. Um, I do. I mean, I've got some really good friends that are, are Chelsea fans, and it's we're making them sound like flipping bank robbers, aren't they? And, and <laughs> horrible human beings. I know how. I My know next how... door neighbour's a Chelsea fan. It... And he's okay. It's pained them during the, this whole period. It's not, you know, they've not been happy bunnies when all this is going on. They get it, right? They've, they've enjoyed the success of the second. It's not, they've not, 
you know, they, they, they kind of they know that sort of that the sort of the heart of it. It doesn't it's not it doesn't fit with them, as you say, Phil. I, you know, I, of that era, I remember you know that time, and it was people just yeah, we just you just that's what Chelsea supporters were like, right? And then what we've seen in in recent times, and I mean, they're just just yeah. But you say that I always had a hatred for Mickey Draw, and I you know I just hated him. You know, never seen him play. Just hated the ficker. Oh, I want. I want them to go back to having idols like Kerry Dixon. Fantastic. What was it? A pre-season tour. They went out to see the Great Wall of China, and he said, "If you've seen one wall, you've seen them all." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you've got to say they have entertainment value, as far as that's concerned, right? <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I remember years ago when they thought winning the Simod Cup was a great day out for them. <laughs> you know, even we were kind of fielding a week inside. Well, actually, we're just shitting cops anyway, no matter what Simon's field. But as, as I understand as well, well, we'll stop because, you know, it, it, there's nothing worse than people listening to this podcast and thinking that we're enjoying the plight of a South West London club. That we are. We are. Um, <laughs> yes. But the other side of it is that. I don't know if they can bring sell tickets for Wembley either for the semi-final. Um, uh, that that's that could be oh. interesting. No, they won't be allowed to. No, so you're gonna have fifty thousand empty seats. It'll be like Stamford Bridge in the eighties. <laughs> be like Wembley was that after how, the full time. What happened? <laughs> well, not a lot from their end. God. Yeah, so it's it's proper, and he can't sell the club either. Is that right now? He can't sell the club either? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's kind of some things around that. But, yeah, essentially, as it stands, no one it's, it's illegal to do business with the guy. So, yeah, you can't buy anything from him. So um, I think, you know, there'll be, you know, there'll be some way around that. I'm sure the government will issue a licence that will allow someone to buy it, but... It, it changes the whole dynamic of it, you know, all of a sudden from, you know, looking at spending three billion pounds on this like huge, you know, football club that's been super successful the last 20 years. They're looking at a distressed asset that someone needs to get rid of. And, you know, what is it, you know, loose change in your pocket and uh, bus fare home. I'll really get moved to Bradford with Mark Hughes. <laughs> but you know the funny, sorry, go on. So now I was just thinking, I'm sorry, I'm just, got, sorry, as I'm just only catching up. So everything, so even things like that, that awful hotel that they own. So the people that work there then, what happens to them? Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's something that they're talking about today, is how that's going to be dealt with. Because, I mean, you know, that's totally, you, there is a human cost to this. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to care less about their players, but. I guess all of the people that are associated, not even necessarily with the club, but yeah, it's whether they can furlough those staff or, but you know, as it stands, the businesses or the businesses allowed to pay everyone that is currently under contract. So they can still pay salaries and everything like that, but it's whether, you know, someone's going to look at it and say, well, we're closing that. We don't need them. Let's get rid of them. Or whether the government will give them some sort of furlough opportunity or, but do you know what I'm thinking, guys? Before I'm going to close up in this, actually, because then we'll go on to Oz End and predictions. Now they're owned by the government, more or less. The only perfect match for them as a manager is Nadine Doris. 
She knows about as much about them as the average Chelsea fan. That's probably exactly. Cool. So there you go. Match made in heaven. I can't get sued for that, can I? Good. Right, moving on. So we've discussed Cardiff to, and we're going to Luton. And um, do you know what annoyed me on Saturday, if I'm being brutally honest with you? Well, I think we should be. Is that we are still that side that we all loved. And we are still that side that can hurt teams. And it's just sad that, you know, you can see the players going around for the the, the, the lap and, and not getting the reaction that they want and stuff like that. That, that hurts me because I just, I love that connection we have with the players. I love the fact that, you know, at Loftus Road, you can be that close, you can do that and we can have that. And I'm, I'm, I'm of all the things that have gone wrong recently, I'm finding that the saddest, which may be a bit strange to say, but I, I do find that a little bit sad. And I hope we can get that back. But we've been right. a few losses, though, where the crowd have stayed and have cheered mm. still after it because of what they've done during the game. But but after that second half, everyone was so pissed off, they just turned around and left, I think. It just, but yeah. the thing is, as well, we just, we we just, just missed... We missed an engine room. I mean, we really missed an engine room. It's just, it's, you can play it back. I don't mind us playing out from the back. Really. I, I love that style of football. In fact, when they start hoofing it long, that's a disaster because we never win the ball hoofing it long. So I want them to play out from the back. But we just missed, the intensity just dropped completely. And the I other thing... Hang on a minute there, Phil. I'm going to stop you there. We used to play the long ball to John Spencer and I've never no. seen a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was four foot one. But the other thing we haven't talked about and he did a great job when Sonny was on, you know, African Cup of Nations duty. But you can't dress it up because it's such an exposed position. But Marshall has cost us four points in the last Ooh. week. Okay. We ha- well, no, he has. He, you know, he, the, 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 the free kick at Blackburn, his positioning was shocking. Then it went straight through his hands. That, co- well, that was one point we should have had. We lost it. And he's made two mistakes against Cardiff that's cost us three points. So that's four points, unfortunately, down to Marshall. Now, I know he was a brilliant deputy when we got him in, but if you plotted his performance on a graph, he's, he's done an Eddie the Eagle. It's just gone straight down, hasn't it? And compared to goalkeeper to Eddie the Eagle is not good. No, I, I have some responsibility around this because I am Senny Dieng's kit sponsor and I am the curse of kit sponsors at Rangers because everybody I sponsor gets and I thought we I thought I'd done pretty well until March. And I thought, oh, he's gonna be okay, he's gonna get through this season. So, oh, so did you did you see how he got injured? I mean, yeah, how he got how he got yeah. how he got injured, it was just a, a, a boot straight to his thigh, wasn't it? Ankle, I think, wasn't it? Weak. No, it's in the thigh, isn't it? I thought no, it's the thigh. Yeah, the he took the bloke just followed the first... followed through yeah. and just just followed straight through on a you know. I think it was a 50-50 for the ball being Yeah, but the fair. first bit went to his ankle, then he went upwards, I think. But if you actually look at the first contact, he took, and then he ended up in the back of the net with him, and that's when he hit the side. Right. But the first bit was on his ankle. Right. Anyway, we need marshals to get But then again, well. I was watching the game in Burnley. <laughs> Honestly, it was so high up. Honestly, it's <laughs> am I right or wrong? Well, how long did it take you to realise that Marshall had come on in the second <laughs> half? Or... Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Um... <laughs> I don't think you were alone, actually. Oh. No, no. Yeah. It was like someone said, oh, God, Marshall could have done better there. And look at the bench going, well, what has he done? <laughs> it's like, what? But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to, yeah, it's just it's just difficult. Like, we're going to Luton Saturday and 
them little gobshed to Bobby Tigger is in the league, which is upsetting as it is, that's going to be tricky, isn't it? I mean, that's that that's not the place you want to go for the in derby bounce back ability, is it? That's that's going to be horrendous on and off the pitch, Cindy. Oh God! And it's early, and it's a Sunday, and, and it's on Sky. And it's on Sky. It's it's everything about it is just going to be a disaster, isn't it? In which means we will win two 0 <laughs> We haven't got to be flipping our end yet. Oh, sorry, flipping predictions. No, what do you? Well, we might as well do flipping predictions now. Then come on the show, edit it while you add it. Why don't you take it over, host it, whatever? Oh, well, sorry now. Uh, well, these are the things. Is I prefer it to be done like this. So yeah, carry on. Fair Your enough. turn. Now. Thank you. <laughs> They've won what four out of their last five games. They're on a ridiculous run of form. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, midday kickoff, as you say. I mean, it might as well be midnight. I mean, it's a ridiculous time of day for a football match. I, a draw, a draw. I'd take 1 1, I think. I won't be happy with 1 1. We need a win, but. Jesus Christ, Phil. I, I, right, I'm, I'm going I'm to step up as Mr. Optimistic here. Yeah. That we, we've got a great record against Luton. The. Uh, I know it's Sky, I know it's Sunday lunchtime, but if you go back a couple of weeks, you know that late winner from Luke Amos against Blackpool? And that felt to me like a turning point in a promotion season. As it turned out, it wasn't because the wheels well and truly came off post that. But at the time, it felt like it, didn't it? I've got a a feeling that we're going to get a late winner at Luton and win 2-1, something like that. And we'll all think, oh, we're home and hose. Then we'll go to Forest and lose and then beat Peterborough. And then they'll keep us on a string then right into that run-in. So I think we're going to beat Luton. Did you do a prediction? Not just me being optimistic. Should I tell what I think will happen? Well, you've got to first of all remember to get to the station on time because it's an early train. But yes, next. It's like going to football with your mother. Um, <laughs> the, um, so what, what I think will happen is I think we'll beat Luton and I think we'll beat Forest, and I'm petrified of playing Peterborough. Because that's... Peterborough. That, it, it, it's a swindled effect. They've already beat us twice. And, um, yeah. No. When, when, you, when you think about this season, if we'd mm-hmm. beaten Peterborough and Sunderland, Peterborough and Sunderland, we'd have played Man City and Arsenal. It was when you say that out loud, it's just so depressing. If we'd beaten Peterborough and Sunderland, we'd have played Man City and Arsenal. Oh, that's so QPR. It's unreal. And these anyway. supposed to be the freaking happy one. What does it all go wrong? Yeah, what does it all go wrong? So I'm going to do my hours in first because I can, because I'm hosting. Why not? And it's pretty simple. I was talking about this earlier on and I was thinking, what sums up QPR more than anything bar the form and everything else? And there was two anniversaries last week, wasn't there? There was the anniversary of the League Cup, third division team, punching not only above its weight, punching way above the planet. One of the best Wembley comebacks ever known to man by some of the least known players that anyone who was watching that game would even have heard of half of them, to be fair. And we brought a wee bit of pride back to West London and we put a name on the map and the club grew from that day onwards. Thank you, Jim Gregory. You'll never be forgotten for that. And then... Roll on 87, Fulham Park Rangers. Who remembers that standard headline? This is the day before 
social media, wasn't it? But, and you, you, I remember going past Westbourne Park and there was a kind of a few people talking about these things at the games and everyone was like, nah, Marlowe Estates, blah, 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 whatever. I've heard this, I've heard that, there's rumours. And then the fans got on the pitch and you kind of think, from ecstasy to despair and them two celebrations. And I'm thinking, as long as we always exist, we can never be merged. As long as we always have our identity, we can never lose it. And as long as we have that, we can have 67. And to me, that's what the club should be about is you could never never think that where you are is where you're going to stay. There's always hope, but just keep your identity. And God knows we've, we've fought long and hard to keep that. So with that in mind, 4-0 against Luton, 3-2 <laughs> against Forest. And um, yes, and we'll get into the FA Cup again because Chelsea can't sell any tickets and they're not interested, so they'll give it to us because losing the Peter Brewer is just unforgivable. My second bit of my R's end, which is a bit more serious, is... There's a lot of talk in the world and things like that. And, and it's shite, isn't it? Let's be fair. And I used to walk to Rangers back in the day and I'd always go past the Ukrainian statue in Holland Park because I'd walk down from Westbourne Park, come into Notting Hill, down the road down. And this is the days when I was able to walk and I was fit. I was skinny as well then. I had spots, but hey-ho. Um, and to any QPR fan who's got a Ukrainian relative or a loved one, a husband, a wife, a son or a daughter, this podcast is dedicated to you and your struggle. And please, God, you don't lose anyone you love because no one deserves what they're going through. Now. Was that me? Follow that. We don't know anyone else called Now. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, We're not on the podcast. Yeah, no. Ours end, I mean, it kind of it kind of ties in with that it ties in with the conversation we're having about Chelsea and it's about I mean really about our owners about how fortunate we are that they're doing what they're doing that the team we've got together is kind of put together the way it is and that I think that um it's 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 such a good time for the club at the moment and I think we shouldn't look too far beyond that I think you know the playoffs is great getting promoted would be fantastic but I do think we need to appreciate what we've got while we've got it as well and it's good to see we're not getting kind of that you know bile and and hatred kind of that other clubs get when they don't win absolutely every game because you know winning everything isn't what football's about it's about going with your mates, having a good time, enjoying what you're watching, being able to chat about it, being able to have a few drinks, being able to reminisce about it. It's about the feeling that it gives you. And I think any owner can buy that for you. I think it's... Very good. It's what happens. It's, it's, that's, that's what football is about. Wow. Deep. Like it. He's not coming on again. Phil, a cheerful bugger. Oh, well, odd enough, I was going to say something very, 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 very similar. I'm just sitting here thinking that because when Clint Hill was on earlier and you said, Finney, that we underappreciate that side, I definitely don't underappreciate that side. Mm. That, that's when my son was first coming to football with me. It was that era of Ali Ferdinand, Adel Tarrat. I don't underappreciate That is the side. And then if you go back an era, the Les... Ferdinand side, if you go back several eras, the 1976 side. But no, I don't underappreciate that. I think this side is, we've, re- 
I've written down almost exactly the same thing as Niall. We should be enjoying this. It's such a shame that February's been such a blip because this is magnificent. I like the players. You can love QPR and support QPR and hate the players, which I've done for several years in the not-too-distant past. But this time, I actually really like the players. I just desperately, desperately want them to have a tilt at the playoffs. I actually don't necessarily think we'll get out of the playoffs. I just, I just think they deserve, for the year they've had, to make that top six. And can you imagine having a night down Loftus Road like that game against Oldham? Something like that. I, I want the players to have that night as much as anything because they're brilliant. It's just they've gone off the boil at the wrong time. So I'm hopeful that they're going to sneak a late win at Luton. That'll kick on. Maybe we'll get a draw at Forest, beat Peterborough and still be in the shake-up as we go into the last handful of games. There you go. Optimistic, that was. Very good. I'm going to clarify what I meant by underappreciative. Now I'm thinking about it. I used the wrong words. What I should have said, and now I'm thinking about it, is we kind of thought we were going to go to the next level after that, and we didn't fully appreciate how great that was. I should have said that. Because it was. And because we're older, we'd seen QPR top the league, we'd seen QPR Wembley, we'd seen these things. And, yeah, we we didn't... I've underappreciated the wrong word. We didn't... We were blessed. And maybe we didn't feel as blessed as we should have done. Dig yourself out of that one, Paul. Well played. Cindy. <laughs> Very good. Actually, I was just thinking that, you know, I feel what you're just saying. And I have, I'm have i so cursed with things. And all this has started going wrong when I checked the calendar to see when potentially the playoff semifinals would be. And when the playoff, you know, and I did the same with the cup and I checked the dates and then, you know, and this is what happened. So I don't learn my lesson anyway. So, it, you know, I do feel like I'm taking responsibility like for Senny and now, you know, if we blow the playoffs, so that would also be my fault. You um, know what? You just summed up the QPR mindset. It's always my fault. Is it? Is it? I didn't wear the right socks. Jesus Christ! If I wore the pink ones with a blue crocodile on them, it would have been well. If you if you'd seen the meltdown I had when I had to go through the wrong turnstile a few weeks ago, <laughs> my ticket didn't work, and I thought that's it. We're going to lose, and that, yeah, yeah. And we did. So it is your fault. Yeah, that is my fault. Um, you didn't really, really didn't help yourself though. To be fair. True. This is what happened. Anyway, um, my R's end actually was uh, a shout out to uh, the runners group. Uh, I think people know, uh, Paul knows, that I'm part of the QPR runners group. So a little virtual running club that we are of supporters. And on Saturday, when with the community day, they were given a, a presentation because we won, uh, the QPR runners team won the race to Europe, I think it was, which was like a virtual running for, for QPR trust. So, uh, so Chris, Kemp, uh, uh, Simon Rich, Sarah, loads of people were on the pitch before the game. So I just want to give them a shout out. So I think it kind of got a bit lost in everything that was happening on Saturday and with the sort of got the whole community thing. So I just want them to have a little bit of recognition. And um, we're a fab group. So anybody out there who is a runner and who's not part of our running group, come and find QPR Runners on Facebook. Yeah, not you, Paul. Okay. Um, I, 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 I will do it one day. Who knows? Right, we're going to have to close the podcast because it's probably in danger of actually cooling on until the looting game kicks off, which <laughs> is a little matter of hours away. But um, listen, thank you, Phil. You've brought your normal, optimistic, wonderful head on, and I hope you sell lots of sheds. 
Don't <laughs> <laughs> say oh, shed. Dear me, built like that a house, works? not like a shed, Finny. Goodness sake. Uh, that's my arse. Go um, sit in your shed. Now, as always, I will see you um, when I'm picking up the way to um, Nottingham on Wednesday. Wednesday. And uh, I should look forward to that. Thank you. And Cynthia, uh, uh, see you all the flipping time. Then I see you Saturday. What? I see you Saturday, won't I? And I went to Luton. No, you won't see me on Saturday. You might go to Luton on oh, Saturday. Oh, yeah, Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. But I will be going to Luton on Sunday. And this I will is... have your train ticket. So I think you will be in serious trouble. Yeah, I'm organised, guys. I'm organised. So Jeez. my final my final thought this podcast, after thanking you and how good was Clint Hill, marvellous, yeah. is be kind, pray for Ukraine and pray for three points. We can do this. Thank you for listening and come back next week. You ask. <laughs>